Are you a high-performing real estate investor who's looking to further elevate your performance? If so, download our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits by joining our insider network at elevatepod.com. This guide created by yours truly has the power to put your transformation on autopilot and exponentially change your trajectory. Go get your free copy now at elevatepod.com. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation. We have a special edition of the podcast with the great Damian Lupo, one of my favorite people in the world, such a smart individual and someone who was on the podcast uh, at one time. And I will tell you that it was actually episode 162. So I highly recommend that you go check out episode 162 with Damian Lupo, the mindset and mechanics of breaking free from financial bondage because we went super deep and that was one of our most popular episodes that we've ever had. And I just thank Damien for coming back because today we're talking about really truth. Ultimately, we're talking about truth in currency. We're talking about truth in information, in information exchange, in exponential technologies. We also talk about crypto and how you can get off the sidelines and into the game and really learn that very, very important dynamic that's that's occurring within financial markets across the world. We talked about DeFi. We talked about, oh my goodness, the network effects of obviously growth in value, but also growth in crypto and how that applies to your investing uh, process and your financial future, because this is a very, very important episode. And I want to continue to bring you truth. Today, we get to the truth and Elevate Podcast, of course, as you know, is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal development for high-performing real estate investors. You're also going to learn about this little thing called PDW today, a personal development weapon, and how you can utilize that for exponential growth yourself. And I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I am a professional real estate investor and high-performance coach. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? It is time. Let's raise the bar today. I'm going to go hard today. I hope you are. Hope you're having a great day. I want to thank you so much for being here. I want to thank you so much for listening to Elevate Podcast because we're here to serve you. And the fee that we ask is that you share this with a friend, share this with someone that is in your network. Just grab the link, either send a text, send an email, um, you know, show it to them on your phone or post it on social media. It's really, really easy. If you've already done that one time previously, we ask that you do it again. That's the fee for listening today. If it is your first time listening to Elevate Podcast, thank you for being here. We're super excited to have you, super excited to share truth with you so that you can elevate your life, so that you can elevate your real estate portfolio, so that you can elevate your cash flow, so you can elevate your lifestyle, you can elevate your family, your circle, your future. Ultimately, that's what this is all about. And uh, I want to ask for your feedback. I've been asking for this for a few episodes. I'm going to continue to do so. Uh, what do you love about Elevate Podcast? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? Who do you want to hear from? What type of content do you want from Elevate Podcast? Shoot me an email at info at elevatepod.com. Um, what's awesome about Elevate? What would you like to see more of? What would you like to see less of? We want to hear everything. I want you to have ownership in the future 
of this podcast and of this platform. Uh, you can also send me a DM on Instagram at Elevate Pod. With all that said, without further ado, I want to introduce you to Damian Lupo, who I've already introduced you to before, so I will not belabor another bio. We're just going to go straight into an amazing conversation with Damian Lupo. Damian Lupo, one of the things that you and I are very fond of is science. And science says that there's a rise of the power balds going on right now. What do you feel about that? I feel like I'm looking in my in the mirror and I, I feel like that is a, that's true science. That's not like fake news. That's actually the science that we should all be paying attention to. You know, it's important for us to really think about this because, you know, you took off the hat and it almost felt like Samson. It almost felt like you grew out your hair, but you took the hat off and you showed us this bald head. Things, there's power coming out of this head. I don't know, man. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I think that it's funny how much people um, get wound up about their hair. I think it's, uh, and I remember having a ginormous amount of hair and and I think that there's something very interesting, very powerful, very sexy that uh, that happens with the bald factor unless you have an ugly head if you have an ugly head man you got to get a toupee and just deal with it you know but- <laughs> so everybody who's like losing their hair will tell me well but i have an ugly head and i can't do it i can't do the shape thing and i'm like just do it i'm sure your head looks fine <laughs> well you know the funny part is it you have an ugly head what's ugly is like chris coons the senator from delaware that has the the, the hair around the sides and it's like oh, dude, it's just bad. cut it off like just you know shave that thing what yeah yeah. I mean, you got to go all the way, show commitment, show that you're bold, right? You know, you got to go all in, but that's man, <laughs> obviously all kidding aside. I mean, we're not going to be talking about hair today. Uh, obviously that is important, but maybe on a different podcast, that'll be part three. So part Patrick, two, yes. man, I wanted to bring you back uh, on the podcast because man, I just appreciate your perspective. I think we live in an interesting time man. we live in a very different time. And obviously every time in history is different in its own way, but things are compounding. Things are changing rapidly before our eyes. And I think if we're not willing to understand and really understand this landscape so that we can actively can we make decisions financially, investing as business owners, as entrepreneurs, things are going to pass us by very quickly. So, man, what are you seeing out there? I mean, obviously there's so many different things, but financially, I mean, we're thinking about, I'm looking at the Fed just continuing to inject trillions and trillions of dollars into the economy the one of the biggest topics of conversation in even average circles is inflation, right? People are even, it's even coming to, to the average thought process. And you think about reading a book like the creature from Jekyll Island, most people don't realize what happens when new fiat currency comes into the economy, how that really confiscates wealth in so many different ways. But how are you seeing that? I want to talk about that, but then I also want to talk about perhaps what could be on the back end of this. Well, here's here's what's funny. I listen to everybody's opinion. I listen to Republicans and Democrats and socialists and capitalists, and I and I, I take everything and I think about it. And that's one of the problems with most people. They have one viewpoint, and then they go find things that align with it, and then they have a talking point, and they're no longer actually paying attention to anything except a tunnel vision. The problem is in tunnel vision, you don't realize that something's coming at you at ninety degrees and it runs over you. And so listening to Peter Schiff, you can, if, if you look at and listen to him in terms of what inflation is, inflation is the monetary supply expanding. That's what's happening. Whether the prices have caught up or not, we can talk about that in a second, but we, we've expanded the money supply over the last 18 months at the Federal Reserve's balance sheet at that level, which is where they create money by 40%. That means that there's 40% of, so we have this massive inflow and, and what, so why are prices up? Because there's more money, there's more dollars chasing everything. And those, those dollars are lent out and expanded. 
So we have the effect of what that, what, what printing does. So that's, that's happening. What most people don't realize is, and, and this came from a white paper I read from what Raul Paul at Real Vision, who everybody should listen to. And, and he's probably one of the smartest, if not the smartest one in the crypto space in terms of macro. He just, he sees it, he understands it. He's talking to everybody. And, and I pay attention to him and Anthony Pompliano a lot because these guys are, they have the pulse. So what he, what he did is he put down, he had these charts and what was fascinating is he was looking at real estate. He was looking at stocks. He was looking at all these different things and everything over the last 12 years, everything with the exception of gold and silver has gone up, but it's gone up compared to dollars. So it's, you know, that one house is now 50% more than it was 12 years ago. Well, what's also 50% more? the Fed's balance sheet. So in terms of just straight dollars, everything is up 50, 100%. In terms of the, if you compare it as a denominator to the Fed's balance sheet, everything is at zero. Nothing has changed, meaning those assets haven't gone anywhere with one exception, the exponential stuff, which is Bitcoin, Ethereum, crypto, and technology companies. Not technology companies that are past their growth cycle, but the exponential technology companies, early stages, Amazon, early stage things that have the network effect because the network effect is what's doing everything. That's how you counter the money printing. There is really no other way to do it. You can do super hyper leverage stuff and hope it moves in a, in a really positive way. But the reality, real assets, unless they're hyper leveraged, you got to have exponential type of assets and that's tech and that's crypto. And the basis of the increase in prices across the board, I think is a misnomer in many ways, because it's really just the the decrease in the purchasing power of each dollar, right? You think about the increase in the money supply by 40%, really, if you want to get simple, it's 40% less value in each dollar in your pocket. Would you agree to that? That's, that's what it is. And what people should be doing, I, I've said this since, I don't know if this was this year or last year, these, this, this whole like COVID thing. It's all blended time together. Like that's, that's the confusing part to me is like, when was January? Was it a year ago or two? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I know. Right. But, uh, yeah. So if you think about two years ago and you had a dollar and you had traded your life, which is your sweat, your blood, your time for that dollar, most people trade their time for dollars. So like, let's not talk about your assets making money, but just the average person trades their time for dollars. They have a dollar in their hand a year and a half later, that dollar buys 20, 30, 40% less stuff. What does that mean? It means that the Federal Reserve stole from you and stole your time. They stole your energy. They stole your blood. And with that, so when I see people protesting and mad and then like they, they can't find a job, which I think is crazy now because we have 10, 11 million open jobs. What, what I see is I see people being mad at the wrong thing. They're mad at policymakers in Congress. They're mad at you know, they're, they're mad at, at blacks or whites or reds or greens, but they're not mad as the federal, they should be mad at the federal reserve because that's who's stealing the prosperity of everybody, their purchasing power, like you said. And it's, it's because they literally are taking what you have and reducing its ability to do something by 40, 50%. That's what's happened across the board to every dollar that, that was in existence two years ago. It, they stole 40% of it, like gone. And it was a, it was a swipe of a pen or a, or a push of a button on a keyboard. Yeah, it's it's mind-blowing. And that's why I think it's important for us to have this conversation because no matter what you're investing in, no matter what time you're investing in anything, whatever endeavor it is, we have to understand the basis of what's going on right now. We have to understand of, you know, where where could this go? You were talking about exponential technologies and that being the place where you're actually seeing an increase in value based on just the mechanisms of you know, companies like Amazon, or you've even described cryptocurrency as an exponential technology. 
Why is it that there, you're only seeing the increase in value on those type of assets and not like, you know, real estate or, or a house as an example? What, what's the difference? Well, if you look at a house, there's, there's, no, there's no exponential network effect. There, with a house, you have one house, one person. That's it. They have one set of buying purchasing power. Like it's, you don't have people that are creating value together. When you have a network, you have Metcalf's law that kicks in. And what this means is that when you multiply, when you have additional members of a network, it exponentially grows the value of the network because people are working together. Things are happening right now. There's about hundred million crypto users in the world. There's 7.8, 7.6 billion people. So hundred million, I mean, when you do the math, it's like, what is that? That's, that's one ten thousandth of the population is involved in crypto so far. One ten thousand. Right? There's ten. There's ten thousand times as many people not doing crypto yet as are. So ask yourself if you if you understand if you get the network effect that people. It's, that's why Facebook is worth hundreds of billions of dollars. It's because of the network effect. If you have that potential where you have ten thousand times as many people that will be a part of this because. It's not just the people that are in commerce. Like there's, there's at least half the population in the world that is not a part of the conversation because it's not a part of commerce. It's, it's literally excluded. It has no identity. It's refugees. It's people in Africa. It's people that aren't banked in El Salvador, all those things. So you have these people that are not part of the conversation. And when they start using crypto, they can do it with their phone. Everybody can be a part of this. It doesn't matter. You could literally be a goat farmer in Afghanistan, you could be homeless in El Salvador, but guaranteed you can find a way to get some money, get a phone and be a part of the conversation, be a part of commerce. That, that takes us from 10 or 100 million people to we're going to be pushed into 8 billion people. It's going to be everybody. And even if you talk about half of that, you're talking 4 billion, we're still talking about 5,000 times as many people. So that network effect takes the cryptocurrency, which is the money of that system, and it it makes it more valuable because more people are using it, more people are engaged, just like Facebook is worth more when people are engaged. So if people are using the cryptocurrency, there's a limited supply, which is why Bitcoin is so valuable because it's actually limited, that you can't print more Bitcoin, it's 21 million max. So when people start using that and they use lightning technology, the, the, the lightning network to actually transact because people say, well, Bitcoin can't work because it's too slow. It can with the additional technology that's being used as a layer on top of it. When that's in place, what, what happens with Bitcoin? It becomes more valuable. Is it more valuable by 20% or 100%? No, it's more valuable by 10 or 100 times because you have 5,000 times as many people engaging and they're going to... They're going to be involved in the things that are the most sound. What's the most sound? What's the most tested? It's Bitcoin. And I'm not a maximalist. Like Bitcoin isn't the only thing, but it is the thing right now. It's got a $1.2 trillion market cap, which is a baby thing compared to currencies that are out there so far. But the currencies already have the network effect. They're done. What's not done, what's just getting started is honest money. And what honest money is, is something based on something you can't steal from. You can't manipulate. It's all real. And so that's, that's the exciting part, but it's going to change everything in every industry. So the variable, the difference is that you cannot, it's on, you say it's honest money, like the U S dollar, you say that's not honest money. Right. And you can debase that. You can continue to print into oblivion. You can create this out of thin air fiat currency. You mentioned Bitcoin, obviously 21 million max. That is that's the law. That's the rule. That's how it's built. That's the technology. You cannot create more of it. 
So if you were to combine the exponential technology of that type of currency with creating intrinsic value and exchange in terms of whether it's real estate or other assets that exist in society, do you enjoy a greater network effect because of that? Because the change of the variable behind the dollar versus a currency that is honest. Does that make sense what I'm asking, Damien? Yeah, you, you enjoy a, a deeper prosperity for everybody except the elites. And that's what the, that's the most fascinating part about this. The people that are at the top of the food chain that can manipulate things, the, the military industrial complex that gets to take advantage of printing because Congress can print out of thin air and spend on social programs and bombs and all these other things, they no longer can do that. War is a manipulation. It's using a manipulated money. Like you can't have war because if you had war with honest money, then you have to go to people and say, look, we're going to take your prosperity right now. Honestly, we're going to actually take it out of your wallet. We're going to take the money. We're not going to just make it worth less, which is confusing. It's like shrinkage where your quart of ice cream is not a pint. And they charge the same amount of dollars. This is the manipulation that you don't understand. It's happening right in front of you. So you, you actually have a deeper prosperity for the masses. So when I, when I hear, I hear Democrats saying we had to take care of the, like Elizabeth Warren or, or Bernie or AOC or whatever, saying we've got to take care of the little people, meaning, you know, they're, they're talking about the working class. You do that with honest money. That's where it starts. If you don't have honest money, then it's always going to be always, doesn't matter who's in power. It's always going to be the top, the wealthiest. They're always going to benefit the most and everybody else is going to get screwed. This takes away the power from those, those, those machines the, the, you know, the, the, industri- the, the uh, surveillance industrial complex, the, the military industrial, the big pharma, like everything has to be honestly exchanged because it's real. And that's the part that I love about it. It creates peace. Like you can't go and buy billion dollar airplanes without telling people, look, we're going to take some of your money and people say, no, we're going to vote you out of power. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to tell anybody anything. You just like have deficits and go print the money and then you buy the planes and people are like, cool, we got a military, but what happened? I can't actually afford a hot dog. That's what's been going on, but this right. changes that. That's why they're so afraid of it. It's so interesting. Yeah, you don't have to go out and ask for new taxes. That's not popular, right? But if you can just create a trillion dollars out of thin air and buy whatever it is that you want, and I'm talking about governments and you know this hidden confiscation of wealth occurs over and over again. No one knows about it until it's too late. It's like the frog being in the boiling water while the temperature is rising until it's too late, no one realizes it. So that's why I just appreciate your perspective on all this. So thinking about blockchain, I mean, for people that are not really familiar with this technology or they're not really familiar with crypto, they may say, this is, this is BS. Like this is, you know, what are we talking about? It's real. How could it be real? It's, you know, it's just a thought. And in many ways, perhaps many stocks on the stock exchange are more of a thought than anything. And maybe that's another rabbit hole that we could go down, but I would imagine that you believe, look, this is a real technology. So could you give a one-on-one to people on what crypto is, what blockchain is, and why you feel like it's so important for us to understand? Yeah. And in terms of crypto, there's, it's interesting because you can create a crypto and say, okay, it's, it's like the, the, um, the squid game that's become very popular. And there was a crypto that was created by somebody that wasn't the game. It was somebody that said, let's create a, a squid currency. And they did it. And the thing went up 2,200% in one day and then launched another 400%. And then it went from, it went from zero to $2,300 per token to zero in like a week. 
And it was because it was fraud and it was because there was nothing that was actually, it wasn't proof of, of work or anything that was actually making it. And that's what happens with, with Bitcoin. There's actually energy that's required to, to create Bitcoin. And so when I say it's honest and it's real, it's because it requires energy. If you have something like Ripple, Ripple has a great technology. The problem is it was just created hundreds of billions of tokens out of thin air. That's why the SEC went after them because they basically created a security out of nothing and said, we're going to sell it. And so that's, that's, not, that's, not, um, that's not where you go and you build something. Bitcoin is being built using energy, so you're actually exchanging energy. Mo a lot of the a lot of the cryptos that are out there are just made up, and they have they're part of some type of solution. They're solving lending. They're built on Ethereum. They're they're doing something, but they're it's it's not. There's no limit to how many can be created, and so I think the most honest ones, the realest ones, are the ones where you have to exchange energy, because at the end of the day, if you think about physics, everything is just energy in different forms. And so if you if you're honest about it and you and you're like realistic about it, if you take energy from whatever it is, a power plant, a volcano like El Salvador is doing, or whatever, and you transfer the energy into this form called Bitcoin, it's it's just holding energy. And what is a dollar? It's supposed to be holding energy. That's the idea. When it was gold backed, if you did something today, the point of money was that people said, Okay, I want to actually do something and store the value for later to to do something and and have purchasing power later. I don't want to just you know, grow a watermelon and then watch the watermelon rot because I can't eat 50 watermelons a day. I'm going to trade it for gold, which was then the dollars. And that's what Bitcoin has the chance to do again. And that's why it's real because it's it takes something. It takes energy to create it. And that's that's what people don't get. It doesn't take any energy to create dollars anymore. It takes manipulation. It takes fraud. And that's the big shift. So Damien, something for nothing? You're not You're not on board for something for nothing? That, that's called government entitlements. That's like a stimmy check. And it's yeah. and, well, wait, here's the other thing you asked about blockchain. Blockchain just creates more of a transparency and a fluid system that takes out friction and fat. And our system, whether it's lending or it's title companies or it's accounting, people say, well, all blockchain is, is a giant Excel spreadsheet you know, or whatever. It's just like this thing. And it doesn't do anything useful. It actually does. It takes all of the waste out of the system because you know what I trust, Tyler? I trust math. Mm -hmm. It's like, remember, remember, uh, uh, Andrew Yang running for president had math a little pin on his, on his coat. It doesn't matter if you like his policies or not. Math is true. You can trust math. And, and that's what blockchain really comes down to in these, in these cryptos, Bitcoin, you can see the code and you can understand the code and how it works and the formulas. And there's, there's no mystery. There's no like wizard behind the curtain. So blockchain allows things to happen automatically. It's trustless there. You don't have to wonder if somebody's going to do things. I have, I have some deals that I'm doing and I'm waiting for people to, to write checks to pay. And I'm thinking, what are they doing? I have no idea. And so I'm relying on them and trusting that they're not just going to screw me. The blockchain takes that out of the equation because it'll, th it'll say things like, if A happens, then B happens. So if A is done and there's, there's an automatic verification to that process, then B gets paid, money is transferred. Those type of things take a lot of the lawyers out of the equation. Thank God. Like we need less lawyers. Like lawyers don't add on to the benefit of society. They just create chaos. Like in, honestly, if you have blockchain and you have honest code, which really, unless code is hidden, it's honest. You can see what it is. They, you don't need all the lawyering. You don't need accountants to try to do things, except when you have Congress making up tax laws that don't make any damn sense. So all these things, the blockchain creates this open ledger. It's all the information, all the transactions. People are like, well, cryptocurrency is being used by terrorists and pedophiles. And I'm like, most of it's transparent. You can see where the money's going. Mm -hmm. Like that isn't even a real comment, but that's just, you know, that's somebody that's trying to protect the banks and their cartel. 
So this, this takes the power away from these very, very powerful, wealthy systems, and it puts it in the hands of people. It's very democratic if you look at it that way. And it's so, and it's honest. I mean, honest is more democratic. Manipulated is very uh, totalitarian. And that's what we have now more and more. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital. And you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I wanna invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called The Bottom Line, The 10 Ways to Increase Cash Flow in an Apartment Complex. And I wanna tell you that this is a value-packed ebook. So I wanna to, want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're gonna get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. Well, I'm thinking about the the pin that you talked about with Andrew Yang and it says math, right? And I'm thinking about, all right, you know, if you get down to math, you can find truth, right? You can find the the answer. You can add, subtract, divide, whatever you need to do to find the answer. And I feel like truth has become rare these days. I mean, you think about censorship, you think about um, financial engineering by the Fed, you think about, um, you know, all of the different you know, messaging from governments around the world that's clouding people's understanding of truth. It almost seems like what you're talking about, and, and I think about DeFi and really crypto and blockchain and all this stuff of, of finding truth so that people can communicate via truth. And I love the way that you described that that Bitcoin and, and the cryptos that have a basis of sharing intrinsic value is based on, it, it requires energy. It requires you to use energy. So it's almost like the basis of this is energy and truth. Am I understanding that correctly, Damien? Yeah, I think at the end of, at, at the end of anything, it comes down to physics. Like physics doesn't lie. Biology is weird, man. You got like all sorts of stuff happening with biology, but physics doesn't lie. Physics is, is honest. It's, there, there is a truth. And, and I think we have to start figuring out what the foundation of our conversations really should be based on. And is it based on anger? Is it based on emotion? Is it based on talking points? Or is it based on something we can all agree? If you, you, know, if you have one and one, that's two. As humans, we're really good at linear thinking. We're, we're, and, and that's one of the hard things with, with crypto and, and blockchain. It's exponential. Our, biologically, we don't change very fast. And we think of things in terms of of, okay, one year, like one year out, things are going to be the same as one year back, pretty much, pretty close. This, with in the world we're in with microprocessing power the way it is and the ability to network, it really it forces us to think differently. It's still based on truth because networks are more powerful, but the bottom line is it still comes back to math. It's so that's, it, it always comes back to that. And when we, when we acknowledge that, we, we have to acknowledge that because if we try to figure it out and listen to the talking heads and the power structures, they're going to try to tell us that that's 
corrupt. And what they're actually saying is I'm corrupt because I'm the power system. So they're just not being, they're not really being honest about the corruption. They're, they need to show a mirror because that's what's corrupt. So obviously all of these factors are at play and there's, if you really break it down to logic, like it seems like this is a great new system for us to all get on board with, right? But then governments don't want this to happen. Central banks don't want this to happen because there's a huge power structure at play. I think about real estate deals that we've done recently, you know, raising private capital, you know, obviously um, investing alongside of other lenders and banks and, and all these things. And, and banks, I mean, it's such a slow process, you know, wiring money, receiving our loan proceeds, doing this whole deal, going through the title organization and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's such an antiquated process, but there's so much fat on it. Everyone can, you know, walk away with a six figure check or whatever. And of course you talked about all the legal fees and all these different things. So there's a lot of basis of logic in this future, but there's also a lot of opposition, right? So where do you see this going? I mean, if you had to make any predictions and step out on a ledge, what would you say? I think that they're, they're, you're 100% right. There's opposition by centralized systems that want to protect their monopoly. You're, you've got systems like in China, there's, they, they continue to have these events where they ban Bitcoin. They say no crypto. And they've done this like repeatedly. It's, it's many times. They want to control the money. They want to control what people are doing. They want to give people social scores based on how they're spending money, their time. That is absolute tyranny. And, and we ignore it because we get cheap crap on Amazon that's built in China. So we all just say, oh, it's okay. Even though they're like, you know, basically enslaving people and murdering them. But another story, the, what, we, what we're going to see is we're going to see a war between centralized and decentralized. The Federal Reserve is going to end up doing a centralized bank digital currency. And what that's going to look like, I think, is it's, it's going to basically be a digital dollar that everything that we do is controlled and, we, and they can see everything we do. There's no longer anonymity. There's no more, the privacy is gone. The, the part of the reconciliation bill that was being pushed through and it's still being worked on in Congress is part of that is surveillance. It's surveillance of everything, every bank account that has over $600 in trans, like if there's a $600 transaction, which everybody has pretty much in society in a year, those bank accounts are all being taken and given to the IRS. So it's amazing that not every single person in Congress was pushing back on that. Every Democrat that supported that should be thrown out of the office because what they're saying is it's okay for us to become China. That's what they're saying. Now, China is kicking our ass because it's doing certain things, but it's doing it in a very corrupt way. The, when you have this war, here's the powerful thing. Decentralized is moving way faster because it's actually working within a network effect. Centralized is very linear. It's going to take years for the central bank, for the Federal Reserve, and well, quite frankly, Congress doesn't do anything in slow or in fast motion. They do everything in slow motion. Years are going to go by. Meanwhile, those 100 million people that are involved in cryptocurrency is going to turn into two, three, 500 million, a billion people by the time this thing happens. And then people are going to say, wait, do I want a central currency or do I want my Bitcoin? And, and if, if the government says, well, we're going to make it illegal, I think you're just going to have a black market. And I think that they're going to lose control and they're not going to be able to continue doing what they're doing. And if you make the entire nation or tens or hundreds of millions of people outlaws, what are you going to do? Put everybody in a gulag? Like, I mean, at some point, something's going to give and people are realizing, people are waking up. There is still information people can get, even though so much is being censored. There, there's an opportunity for people to get on the right side of this. And our system is moving too slow to stop that, which is very, very good. And I think the key phrase there is wake up. Wake up. If you're listening and you've been asleep, wake up. And I, I don't know who it was that said that, but it's like, wake up. 
And I think that we all have to understand that now is the time to decide. We get to decide how we're going to place our own energy, what type of conversations we're going to have, what type of information we're willing to consider, what type of truth we're getting to, what type of energy exchange we're willing to engage in. And one of the things that I feel is so important throughout all of this massive change, this disruption, this this evolution is continuing to evolve ourselves and not getting left behind ourselves. One of the things I've heard you talk about recently as well is a PDW, right? A personal development weapon. Could you talk to me about what that is and what that's all about? Well, you know, one of the things that people ask me all the time is they'll say, what should I invest in? And, and I, I go, well, what do you mean? They say, well, I've got, you know, I've got 10 or 50 or a hundred thousand or a million dollars. What should I invest in? What is it? Real estate? Is it stocks? Is it gold? Is it Bitcoin? I go, you, it's your PDW. It's your personal development because that's going to be worth a hundred X, whatever you put into it. If you choose to commit and engage the only difference between people that are really madly successful and fulfilled and, and create all the wealth and, and a life that's by design, they're the most committed people that don't make it happen. It's just a lack of commitment. Truly, it's not about being smart. It's not about being beautiful. It's about commitment. And this is, this is why we have honey badgers all over everything in our organization and why I feel like I'm a honey badger because I just feel like I'm more committed than everybody else. It doesn't mean other people aren't committed. I just, there's a relentlessness to that. And so the personal de- de- development weapon is, is your choice. How powerful are you going to make your gun? If you're anti-gun, I, I don't know what to tell you. This is a weapon. And, and so it's, it's just a weapon that you get to choose how big this thing is. And it allows you to shoot through any type of enemy. And the enemy might be poverty. So like whatever it is for you, or it, but it, you got to invest in yourself. And this is one of the problems. I see people being cheap. They're trying to find everything on YouTube or on the internet for free. They don't want to invest their time and money into growing themselves. Well, you're, I think it's just Jim Rohn said this probably because i mean he said all the great stuff and then everybody else borrowed it it was basically you're you're never going to get wealthier than your own self-concept and your own personal development like whatever mm-hmm. level your personal development has grown to that's your level of wealth that's your ceiling I, I i'm in the south i'm in alabama and there are still a lot of people here that believe in a caste system like oh there's a ceiling it's a ceiling i can't get past like that's how i was i was born into it i have this certain job i have a certain income and i'm like I can't get past that. And you watch how they show up in life. And there's a very limiting, debilitating philosophy that's built into their personal development that has not happened. That's why you have to treat it as a weapon. It's, it's your secret weapon. It's where you accelerate and go past what everybody else says you are capable of. Even though your mama said you can do anything. Mama didn't really think you could become a billionaire. Like even when she said you could, she wasn't really thinking that because she's like, how would that happen? I don't know how that happens. You have to be committed and you do that by your PDW. And the PDW can come in many different forms, right? It can come in the form of, you know, attending a conference or investing in a mastermind, investing in coaching, reading books, listening to podcasts. Am I, am I on the right track there, Damien? Yeah. And I think one of the things that people have to remember is that a book doesn't matter if you read it, don't do anything with it. Mm. A coach does not matter if you don't actually do the thing that you talk about or that you commit to. I, I've heard people say, nah, that coach wasn't very good. And I go, what do you mean? Did you show up? Look, coach doesn't have to say anything. If you show up and say, here's what I'm going to do, and then you go do it because the coach is looking at you funny, like you didn't make your commitments, whatever that is, if it's it's not anybody's fault except yours. Like your life is your own damn fault. Thank you, Larry Winget. That's a great book, by the way. It's it's really, you have to look in the mirror and say, if it if it's going to be, it's up to me. And mm. that that's how you approach everything. So the masterminds, the coaching, the books, the seminars, I've been to seminars and I remember talking to one of the guys that was doing seminars. And I said, 
what do you, I was in the bathroom, like washing our hands. We're talking and we weren't talking next to each other at the urinal, just so you guys are clear. Okay. We were talking <laughs> and, and he, I said, what do you think the percentage of people that go home and do something is? He goes, maybe five to 10%. And I, I just said, that's so sad. And it made me sad. I was like, how can you do this? In my mind at the time, this is like 20 years ago. How could you take people's money? He goes, I'm creating an opening. I'm creating an opportunity. If they have to step into it, like he's, he's built the gym, but if somebody walks by and they buy a membership, but don't step in the door, the work is where the magic happens and people don't do the work. They'd rather just look at the gym and go, I got a really cool membership to this awesome thing. I'm going to be Hercules. That's not how it works. You got to go over there and sweat and bleed and drop weights on your foot. Like that's how it works. And, and so whatever you do, it doesn't really matter, but all those things you mentioned are all opportunities for you to have a PDW if you commit and do the work, but otherwise don't waste your time. Just go sign up for another round of Netflix and buy some ho-hos. <laughs> buy some ho-hos. I love that, man. I, so, the, so the basis of this is commitment, right? And so committing to doing the work, there's nothing sexy about it. There's no secret to it. It's just about showing up and doing it. If you were to give yourself advice from a, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago about commitment, what would you say to your younger self? You're talking about pre-bald Damien? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, say, all right, I'm talking all right, about hair flowing Damien. locks. You know? Flowing locks, Damien. I actually had the, I got, I was awarded my senior year in high school, loveliest locks. Like I thought I was going to be the, the student for real? The, Oh yeah. Yeah. I got the, I got the best hair and it was funny. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so pissed off right now because I thought I had the most, like most likely to succeed. He'll be the richest. He'll be the most powerful. He'll be like, you know, God or whatever. Like <laughs> now I got the best hair. So that was I don't know, man. And then now I have no hair. So what happened, man? You just, your PDW is not working well for you in that department, but that's okay. You know what? I I boomeranged into commitment. (laughs) I said, you know what? You tell me what I can't do that. I'm not going to be the most successful and I'm going to go work until it happens. The advice that I would give myself 20 years ago is commit to the narrow thing, to Hmm. the niche, commit to the niche. And we've heard the, the phrase riches in the niches, commit to the niche and be relentless about the niche and, and gain traction in the niche and then expand. People are afraid of the niche. They go, well, yeah, but I'll miss out on this thing over here. You're going to miss out on everything. It's you, you ever seen, it's like a, you see a wild animal trying to chase something and, 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 and they try to chase every bird or every, like whatever, everything they're going to eat and they get nothing. Yeah. But when they focus on one thing, they end up eating it and they don't starve. And, and that's where people are starving for fulfillment because they never go deep. They're chasing everything. It's the same thing in nature. You will die. Your soul will die if you don't go deep because everything goes in different directions and you, your brain can't do it. And you, you don't get any traction and you don't wear out the target. See, I think the universe actually looks at everything and looks at us and says, are you willing to commit long enough? And if you are, then you'll get to it. You'll, you'll, you'll wear it out. Because the universe has a lot of energy, but if you watch how people show up, it's like the overnight success stories that take 14 years, man, that target just got tired. Hmm. And, and so you just have to keep going and be willing to go past. I have a, one of my, my kids that, that works for me did an Ironman and the last, this is a few weeks ago, last bit of that thing, it was pure mind, his commitment it wasn't about him. And he's a super strong, like ridiculously strong human being, just unbelievable muscle and everything else. And, and it had nothing to do with that zero. It was all about his brain. It was about his commitment. It was about his heart. It was about his integrity and his trust and belief in himself. So what I would tell myself is focus the narrow niche, stay committed to that thing 
And then make sure you have somebody that's there that can give you feedback when you start going and chasing some other random flying object. And that's, those are the two things that you, you start with that, pick your niche, follow the niche, have somebody to give you feedback and, and it's and that you trust, not your neighbor, not your friend, not your spouse, but somebody that this is where that mentor comes into play. Get the mentor, pay the mentor, the pain price, make sure that you're like, okay, what are you saying? And I'm going to follow it. Cause it hurts you so much to not follow it. You're like, I have invested half of my year's earnings into this person's advice. I'm going to pay attention. That's why mm. you pay for the, the most expensive person that you can't afford. That's who you hire. When you're talking about a mentor, you do not get the person for $49 a month. It's not going to change anything because you won't care if you don't do it. But when they cost you $49,000 for the year and you make 50, you're like, wow, that was everything I had plus more because I got to pay taxes. All of a sudden you're like, what do I need to do to 10 exit? You will 10 exit people that commit with mentors, 10 X the cost of the mentor consistently. It's a fact. Interesting. And it's, and it, I would imagine it comes down to identity because you are taking a leap into the next version of yourself. But also like, you know, there's so much of our conversation that comes down to, you know, at where we are right now is we, we're in a time of rapid change. We're in a time of abundance, abundance of information. We're also in a time of abundance of incorrect or false or fake information, but we're also in a time of tremendous opportunity. And so it's almost like a superpower to remain focused, right? To remain focused on your niche and to remain committed to your outcome and to say, no matter what, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. For me, it's like the whatever it takes mindset. You know, it's like, I don't care. I'm just going to brute force whatever it takes to get over this obstacle, get you know next to this obstacle, to go through the brick wall, whatever I need to do. And so for me, it's like, if we can hone in the superpower of focus, if we can eliminate distractions, if we can focus on truth, if we can understand that value is exchanged through energy, right? And through, you know, requirement of it's not something for nothing, but it's actual substance. To me, I think those are the principles that we can start to compound and we can start to make a greater future through. And through this network effect, it's like we can step into an exponential future. And so that's what I'm so excited about our relationship on is that it's an exponential. Every time we have a conversation, there's an exponential opportunity for us to step into a new world of possibilities. But man, I, you know what? I think that we could go on and on and on for hours, Damien. And I, I want to be respectful of your time. But do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with Elevate Nation today? It, the the time that this is the old the, the Chinese proverb the best time to start to plant a tree is twenty years ago the next best time is today that's how it is with exponential technologies people will look at things and they'll say it's too late they'll say oh Bitcoin is up eighty billion times in the last twelve years and they'll say it's too late we're in the first first inning maybe the second of a nine inning game this is I mean we're talking about a, a, a game that ends in nine innings and. It, and people think they've missed out, but what you don't realize is that in an, in an exponential space, the this is just the beginning. Like it's it might seem like it's a lot, but it's just the beginning because it's been very it's been kind of invisible. So don't think that you need to feel like you've missed out unless you don't do something today. Doesn't matter what you did twelve years ago because you can't change that. But you can change something today. And learning about this and the best thing people can do is get your energy in the game. How do you do that? You trade your dollars or your yen or your euro or whatever for Bitcoin. Why? Because it's direct. It's simple. Like if I say, go buy some crypto, you're like, oh my God, there's 40,000 cryptos. What do I do? Which one do I buy? Go buy crypto, go buy $10 worth, go buy $100 worth. Doesn't really matter. Get into the game. And it's the game that is your life. 
And so you have to participate or it'll get somebody else's agenda is going to get, it's going to get smashed into your brains and, and take over your life. So you can either choose to have your own agenda or, or you're going to be a part of somebody else's. If you don't participate and get in front of this, eventually you're going to be chasing something and you are going to be late. So the, ta- the time to do something is right now. It doesn't matter what it is, do something because momentum is your friend and that's how things happen. Boom, drop the mic, Damian Lupo. And that call to action of get in the game, get in the game, find truth and get in that game and learn, right? Because I know, you know, I wouldn't consider myself an expert on crypto or blockchain or any of this, but another reason why I want to have this conversation is because I wanted to learn more about it. And I put some money in crypto and I'm learning as a result. Yeah. Some, there's times where it goes down. It's very volatile. There's also times when it goes up, but it's not about a speculation. It's about learning and it's about chasing truth. And it's also about understanding, well, you know what, there's some things happening right now and there's, there's some big shifts happening. So I love that call to action of, Hey, what's important now? And guess what? Guess what that acronym is? Win, W-I-N, what's important now? And uh, get in the game. So Damian Lupo, thank you so much. I want to encourage the listeners to go and check out Financial Underdogs. It's a phenomenal podcast by the great Damian Lupo. Uh, If you enjoy Elevate, I hope that you would enjoy Damian's podcast as well. But Damian, where else can the listeners find you? I think there's one place to go, go to Financial Underdogs, because then you're going to hear about what's current, what's new. and, And really there's, you know, there's, over a hundred episodes where you can, you can have as much as you want. So if you want more than that, reach out to me on LinkedIn, but start there because you're going to get a lot of, of what we've been talking about. Damien, until next time, my friend, thanks again for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Elevate Nation. Wow. What an amazing conversation with the great Damien Lupo. And I don't know about you, but there are so many different things happening right now. It can either be overwhelming or it can be exciting. And I'd like to choose that it's very exciting. And, you know, surrounding ourselves with people like Damien who study, who are relentless, who are committed to a greater future to give more people the opportunity of creating and designing their life um, by really owning their financial circumstances. I just think it's important for us to engage in these type of conversations, to engage in this type of learning and to ask these type of questions, we've got to ask more questions. So that's why I'm doing this on your behalf, because I want to continue to bring more truth, more energy, more commitment to designing a life. And you know what, as circumstances change and evolve and grow and shift, we've got to do the same. We've got to understand that, you know what, we're not always going to win if we take action, but we will always learn. Right. And so effectively we do win every time. There's no way that you can lose and the universe always rewards that type of commitment. And so this conversation to me was so important. Um, I always just appreciate Damien. Obviously he's a lot of fun and we always have fun talking about each other's bald domes and all these kind of things, but I just appreciate him. I appreciate his friendship. I appreciate you elevate nation. Thank you so much for listening because you know what? You're committed. You're committed to doing whatever it takes. And so don't be a part of that 95% of people who listens to a podcast and says, you know what? That was interesting. And you know, I'll never think about that again. What are you going to do to commit? What's one thing that has been on your mind or on your heart? Or maybe you felt like Damien was speaking directly to you when he said, you know, most people don't commit. Most people don't apply. You know, what is it? Maybe it was something that you learned today, or maybe it's something that you've learned over the past year or past couple of years, past few years that you know that you should be applying. You know, you should be trying, you know, you should be getting off the sidelines and, and going and playing that game. What is it that you need to commit to? And I want to challenge you to step up to the plate and make it happen now. 
make it happen. Pause the, pause the podcast and come back when you're ready to listen to more, but go and take action, go and commit and commit to that niche and, and show the universe that you're willing to do whatever it takes. I want to encourage you to share this with someone else and share this uh, in a discussion because we learn more when we talk. We learn more when we converse with other people who are seeking truth. I think all human beings at the end of the day, we're seeking truth. And no matter what, we are going to find it. We are going to be committed to creating a greater future for our life, for our family, for the people that are important to us. And I know you're going to do the same elevate podcast. We will never, ever, ever stop. And I'm so thankful for you. I want to encourage you to re-listen to this show. And of course, as I've said so many times, take massive action until next time, elevate nation. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to elevate. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to rate review, subscribe and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.